0: Never says it, those things out loud, but it's obvious. The blades so. lead, yeah. lead, lead. I think that's an
1: obvious. Twitter permanently suspended his account after he exposed hypocrisy and fraud at CNN. Project
2: Veritas, a very controversial
0: that conservative are promoting
1: group. misinformation, the times reported that the footage of Project Veritas was part of according a to Stanford researchers a coordinated disinformation. Coordinated disinformation he sued the New York Times for
3: defamation. Project Veritas
1: just won a major victory in that case. I come to you and offer you 100 million dollars. I'm not going to yourself. sell. Don't tell them to go to
2: hell. <laughs> I I I I just can't believe that my face is so TV. I'll link darky and my left to right emoji OP I'll leave darky Do I have faith in truth? Does truth have faith in me? James O'Keefe is suing Twitter for defamation I think projects
0: are taken up. down because they confronted a Facebook executive. If you take a video like that down, that would be due to a doxing concern. I, like I can show
4: you a video of CNN doing the exact same thing. Photo made factual statements about our client that are false. Aligaki,
2: switch with CNNs against working with or see me. Aligaki, is it make-believe? Was that what you wanted them to see?
0: People, I think it's a despicable. Uh, the
1: judge said, your
4: to the Project Veritas, a conservative actionist uh, activist organization,
5: only the the does and not decide the, the truth, 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 nor speak
3: to evidence.
4: I hope everyone's doing well. I had to get that uh, real quick in there (laughs) Um, Something just tickles me about James O'Keefe and his new music video Um, so I thought it would be a fun way to start off the show today and uh, Yeah, I mean great 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 to be back and welcome to another episode of the sea All alright guys, so we got a full show ahead of us today and we'll go ahead and start getting underway Um, And then we will see where we go from there, okay to you guys live on the Foxhole app, at Spreaker, on the podcast side, as well as on Twitter and on Twitch. Yes, sir that is correct, and probably some other nether regions of the internet. But either way, uh, we're going to ho- go ahead and get the show underway. So we're going to start off with some Trump news, because as you know, Trump does lead here at the Sea Report, and we do have some new things coming up from him in the bouts. So let me just go ahead and pull up my notes here real quick and bam all right we're at the front okay so you guys are probably wondering where this picture of uh president trump is he was actually in attendance at the uh susan b anthony's uh pro-life um pro-life leader summit uh last night over in palm springs florida uh hosting over with a bunch of other names in uh the gop field and other pro-life supporters who are leaders Um, But, before we get into that bit of information, we'll take a quick look at what it was that uh, Trump had to say. Now, let's see what we got here. Oh, guys, did y'all see this photo? This photo was real creepy, really creepy. I don't even know to think about that photo. I don't know if there was some sort of optical illusion going on in that photo. But uh, there is nurse uh, first woman select Jill Biden and, uh, of course, president select uh, Joe Biden with Carter and I guess his wife. I don't know. That's a creepy picture that picture just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Okay, so enough about that, let's go ahead and get on to some of President Trump's statements that he had made. Uh, first of all, he was, uh, let's see if we can get that on screen. Okay, there we go. Uh, first of all, he had a statement that he released in regards to Liz Cheney, of course, the snake out of Wyoming. Uh, he said in his statement, uh, heartwarming to read, heartwarming, not heartwarming. Oh, that sounds kind of weird, but maybe for her. Heartwarming to read New poll." on big-shot warmonger Liz Cheney of the great state of Wyoming. She is so low that her only chance would be if vast numbers of people run against her, which hopefully won't happen. They never liked her much, but I say she'll never run in a Wyoming election again. And uh, we'll see if that proves to be true. And again, he's uh, he's definitely pushing out the message there that if you are going to be uh, running up against maybe one of these... uh, America first or a Trump endorsed competitors well you might have a you might have a run for your money there but in addition to that, sending out the clear message that if you do uh, if you do run as an America First uh, patriot in any election, we want to make sure that we're keeping our numbers consolidated and that we're not, um, uh, you know, filling up the field with a bunch of candidates that would separate the vote. That's very important. Now, we've seen things like that. For example, uh, we had the San Antonio vote where we had like 14 or 15 people running for mayor. And then, of course, we saw the District 6 congressional vote happening in Texas where we had over 23 candidates that were running for, uh, the same congressional district, including Susan Wright, who was also endorsed by president Trump. But then in addition to that, we had something like 11 other GOP or Republican affiliated congressmen who were running the same race. So talk about separating the vote. Now she might've been able to have consolidated all of those votes and instead she got into a runoff. And I think that's primarily because so many candidates were littering that field that of course, um, at least she got ahead with the endorsement by Trump, uh, Susan Wright, there in Texas in District Number 6. So kind of the message I keep hearing uh, or seeing a President Trump repeat is that we want to ensure that we're not, you know, just just overcrowding the ballot slate with a bunch of names to tear away the vote. That is definitely a tactic that we've seen used before. Um, in regards to that, let me go ahead and get another picture up of President Trump here. Okay. So that's him speaking at the Susan B. Anthony, um, pro-life summit that they had yesterday. I thought that was kind of funny, you know, um, um, you know Biden and all the Dems and the Deep Staters worldwide. They have a what? They have a climate summit for leaders. Well, you know here in the United States of America, they have a pro-life summit for leaders, and I think that says a lot about these people's uh, morals and scruples. But there was another statement released by Trump uh, in regards to Mittens Romney. We all know Mittens Romney. He's he's been that uh, he's been that uh, Democrat rhino, basically uh, uh, a rhino, a Republican name only for who knows how long but uh i'm sure you guys uh, all heard and saw about how he had been booed off well not booed off but booed at during the uh a speech he was giving over there in utah uh, but in regards to that uh president trump had said so nice to see rhino Mitt romney booed off the stage at the utah republican state convention they are among the earliest to have figured this guy out a stone cold loser loser right and And that's what we see from Mitt Romney. And uh, clearly, clearly that uh, that will probably be um, something that we see more and more as uh, these rhinos start to hit the stage again, as they start to speak their politic and uh, they try and save their seats and save their assets. Uh, but we'll see if that happens, won't we? Another photo from President Trump taken from the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life Summit that happened this uh, past evening over in Palm Beach, Florida. Now, the pol- uh, uh, the Pro-Life Summit, of course... Um, also hosted alongside with uh, President Trump, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Tim Scott, and Rick Scott, and also featured the traitor Pence via video. So there is word that Pence and Trump are speaking again. If you recall, we mentioned how Pence had recently had uh, surgery for a pacemaker. Of course, I think that that's an internalized, uh, what do you call those, a monitor? (laughs) So this way he can't escape or can't get it off his ankle. Uh, He won't be wearing a booty, like all of the uh, all of the uh, celebrities and politicians were what was that summer of 1718 when uh, they were supposedly all getting rounded up, right and put under house arrest. But uh, maybe maybe there's a monitor inside Pence's pacemaker, so this way they can make sure where this man goes at all times. Okay, so let's talk about some of the highlights from uh, the Susan B. Anthony Pro Life uh, Leader Summit that took place. Now it was a closed meeting, so it was not open to the public. And at the same time, uh, there's also not been any. Video, at least none that I was able to find, but um, a reporter and editor by the name of Molly Hemingway, who features on Fox News as a guest and is also one of the editors over at The Federalist, did do a stream of tweets that reported exactly what he was saying and what was going on. So uh, some of the highlights, let me see, do I get another photo of you? No, 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 we're going there next. Uh, Some of the highlights from that speech, uh, as uh, reported by Molly Hemingway, uh, he pointed out that the Virginia governor, Ralph North, uh, got in more trouble for blackface than he did for saying babies who are born should be allowed to die if the mother chooses, and that he thought that was opposite of the way it should be. Now, that's pretty interesting. Um, Yeah, that's scathing, actually, if you ask me. Uh, Another uh, another clue in, Trump was joking about how large Pelosi's mask was the other night. He must have been talking about whenever uh, Biden was giving that illegitimate speech over there at that pre-recorded. Uh, address that he gave to like what one-third of congress um if you guys remember we were on the air q a holes making fun of um nancy pelosi and her overgrown mask uh diaper face diaper <laughs> that she was wearing that night anyways um said he uh he continued that he'd said he'd never seen anything so big uh says it hurts vaccine acceptance when democrats wear bigger and bigger masks after vaccines of course uh joe one of two and i kind of think that uh, he was, <clears throat> uh, Nancy Pelosi was hiding probably like, you know, little bottles of vodka inside of her face mask, or maybe, you know, like they have those little, uh, rum runners that they take, you can take them on the boats and stuff like that. Whenever you go on a cruise, she probably had like little mini rum runners or Ivy uh, units inside of her mask. Uh, of course it may have also have been like a padded mask. I don't know. I mean, what she, you know, maybe she has to stop up the drool or who knows, you know, uh, with Hoods Pelosi, you can never be too sure. Hoods Pelosi. Don't forget, that's her name. Okay, Trump also joked about... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, He also commented that it was egregious for what the press does. Um, He noted the disparate treatment between him and illegitimate Joe falling thrice down the stairs or up the stairs to uh, Air Force One, which was only lightly covered in the corporate media. Of course, we know that uh, the media and everyone was going after everything that Trump did. They were looking for any little nook and cranny that could have possibly um, put Trump... In a negative light, especially in regards to his health. And yet, when illegitimate Joe falls up the stairs three times, uh, no one can seem to manage to cover that in the news. And then, let's see. Oh, it looks like we have some folks coming over from the foxhole. I think the foxhole's been under construction the last couple of days, which is understandable because it is a growing community. Um, But uh, glad to have you all over from the foxhole. If you're visiting us over on Twitch, I see Genesepi and uh, Joe1of2. Howdy, y'all. How's it going? Uh, noting that there's some pretty bad buffering going on at the Foxhole. So hopefully they get that fixed quick so that the Foxhole fam can continue to enjoy um, the the benefits of having such a tight knit family with, you know, great shows and stuff like that, that you can watch. So anyhow, um, back on to the news. Thanks guys for the heads up. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, Tracy Lee 555, I see you there. (laughs) Anyways, okay, guys. All right, let's go ahead and get going on with the show. So uh, we were talking about uh, some of the highlights from Trump's um, keynote speech uh, over at the Susan B. Anthony pro-life summit, uh, leader summit that happened last night in Palm Springs, Florida. Now, um, Molly Hemingway went on to report uh, that uh, Trump also said that Biden is one of the most extreme and radical presidents that we've ever had. And he's not even a aware of it and he joked about how Biden was doing great academically even before his prime. Actually, it, that was sarcasm on my part, how he was not doing so great academically even before his prime. So, I guess uh, the, the point based here is that uh, illegitimate Joe's always just been a loser. Uh, but, anyways, so that was an interesting comment there. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, Biden probably doesn't realize exactly how radical he is. I think that, what well, was it, even AOC had said that uh, he had accomplished more than any of those loser progressives had thought that he would accomplish, or probably. probably Probably even more than any of them would have accomplished back in the day. Uh, At least that was their hopes and plans. So I guess we'll see if he continues to accomplish their dreams for them. uh, Since after all, that seems to be something that he's keyed into, even though he doesn't realize it. Um, Trump also t- went on to say that companies would continue to leave the United States if Biden continued his economic agenda. Uh, we've already seen what Foxconn was supposed to be building, uh, some, um, facilities up north. I think it might've been in Wisconsin or Michigan, somewhere up there, somewhere in the, the upper Midwest. And, uh, they only built like a partial facility. Uh, they were supposed to open up here in Texas. I don't know if that's still going to happen, but I have heard that some car manufacturers are already going back to Mexico because of the policy that the Biden administration is putting on. Of course, we can also think about the XL pipeline and how that went down. And that just turned into a terrible, terrible mess and uh, and a lot of legal issues coming up there. Anyhow, uh, Trump went also on to um, talk about the Susan B. Anthony list. uh, That is, um, And Trump endorsed how Trump endorsed Susan Wright, uh, who we just mentioned, as she got to the top billing after Saturday's primary in Texas Congressional District number six. Um, so that was another thing there too. Um, he also went on to condemn all of Biden's actions in support of abortion, noting that Biden was kept in his basement for his entire campaign and kept quiet about what he would be doing. Of course, he was obviously hiding. So this way he wouldn't have to answer any questions over at um, over at, uh, let's see here, over at, uh, during the whole congressional campaign. I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting a little distracted with the comments. You see, that's why I can't look at comments because they get distracted. Um, we do have some action going on over at the Foxhole app. And then of course, if you're watching at the Foxhole app, we're also saying that we're getting some buffering there. So some of the families over at Twitch and some of the families over at the Foxhole app, hopefully this works out for everybody. Good afternoon to everyone who is there, by the way. All right, let's go ahead and get on. A couple of more notes from uh, Molly Hemingway, who uh, was present. At the Susan B. Anthony Pro Life Leader Summit. Um, Okay, uh, he also joked about Biden wearing a mask on the Zoom meeting during that climate. Uh, leaders' uh, world summit that took place, uh, saying that he was so muffled that you couldn't hear a word that he said. Of course, Biden was the only one wearing a face diaper during that entire process. And that was, you know, actually, I would say rather embarrassing. Um, he also talked about how Democrats do a better job at sticking together. Um, and he says he was dealing with senators begging for his endorsement and then undermining him, such as Romney, Sassy, uh, who else, there's a, there's a, a what was the one over there up in Alaska, Uh, you know there's a whole bunch of people including what also also governor um Governor Kemp over in Georgia, a whole bunch of people used uh, Trump's name and his endorsement to beat the polls. And then, of course, they showed their true colors, especially come January 6th uh, and January 20th when we had this whole situation. I think I'd also seen uh, a, a photo and read a headline. I didn't get into the article uh, that talked about how um, even Steve Scalise was present at Joe Biden's illegitimate inauguration with Donna Brazil as his guest, isn't that something, guys. Donna Brazil as his guest. Um, I would say, was Steve Scalise another Gabby Giffords who, you know, basically sacrificed herself um, so that this way they could get gun legislation passed in the state of Arizona? I don't know, because Steve Scalise never went against the Second Amendment. But again, we can only see what's going to happen We have to watch and play it out and i think as we'll illustrate later on in this report today that you cannot always just rely on on those knee-jerk reactions to those who we see as being treasonous or those that we see as traitors we never know what the real inside game is going on and we have to wait for all the truth to out itself because i think even in the 11th hour um some of those who are traitors to our country may make a move Uh, that could actually help us restore our republic and our constitution. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. uh, But let's go ahead and finish up here. Uh, The last thing that uh, Molly Hemingway reported from The Federalist and Fox News regarding this uh, summit that President Trump gave a speech at, um, she said that he also talked about the media describing any and all concerns about election integrity as a big lie um he said that was their mantra that they kept on repeating it was a big lie it was a big lie of course that's exactly what we heard from them immediately out of the gates uh trump was giving a big lie about election fraud but he says it was actually the other way around it was actually the way they handled the election that was the big lie and um he also put out a similar statement uh earlier in that day as of course we covered it at the sea report yesterday afternoon and uh, we see that all is coming to a fruition. Um, uh, pardon me. Uh, we see that's all coming to a type of fruition as we're looking at what's going on in Maricopa County. That is something that is still happening and still in progress. So we did have a little bit of news on Maricopa County, but we're not going to get into it today. We'll probably save it for tomorrow. Now, the big news is coming out of New Hampshire, as we covered on the tail end of our report yesterday uh, about the goings on, the fraud that's going on there and how the New Hampshire I'm sure a board of selectmen, or I guess that would be their equivalent of the city council how they had actually elected or selected, it seems like these Dems and these Libs always just select. There's no sense of democracy, even though they say that they're fighting for democracy. Isn't that kind of interesting? I think that's why they use democracy as their main shade or their main umbrella to hide themselves from the uh, the reign of truth and the reign of liberty and uh, constitutionality that uh, we have come to know and love about our country that was founded on. Uh, but anyways, uh, so what we had going on in new hampshire of course was this whole thing regarding um pardon me regarding uh, regarding uh, the the selectment of Wyndham County uh, Wyndham City um, actually choosing Mark Lindman to head up who's with uh, voting verified or verified voting uh, to head up the audit of the 2020 election there in Wyndham um, and then of course all of this news came out that Lindman was actually also involved with trying to stop the election audit over in Maricopa County in Arizona and he'd even signed letters sent threatening him with you know Brennan Center letterheading and all of this stuff. So once this news got out to the people of Wyndham in New Hampshire, I wouldn't doubt if there were even people outside of Wyndham who were showing up, but that's not usually the Patriots MO. They usually don't have to bust people in to fight their fights. Usually the people will stand up once they find out what's going on. So uh, Gateway Pundit broke all of this news I'm about to share with you. We're going to look at some video. Really a good example of what it is like when a community decides to take action and stand up or when they're put on alert. Or you know what? How about when we're just given the right information? You know, it doesn't even have to be about a standing up. If we're given the right information, we will act. And I think this was a very good example of what that is. So we're going to look at a couple of the videos. Uh, here you can see, as opposed to the verified voting or voting verified uh, thing, they were wanting to have uh, the votes uh, um, um, uh, audited by the methods that Giovanni, uh, Jovan, pardon me, uh, Pulitzer had uh, laid out for the Maricopa elections. So let's go ahead and get to some of that video. The first thing we're going to look at uh, and kind of a breakdown of what was going on. um, We had over 200, it seems over 200 people from Wyndham showed up at this city hall. Now the city hall meeting was supposed to originally have taken place in city hall. But what, what what ends up happening here is that the select men decide to move the venue into a back venue, a back room, basically. It was probably like a portable unit um, of City Hall that only allowed a, a few dozen um, uh, citizens inside. We're talking about maybe 30, 40. I think 40 is actually being very generous, according to the video that we're going to play after this. But this footage I'm going to play from you right here is from, uh, um, I guess, a city member uh, by the name of Bouch. Chow Kelly. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Maybe it's Beo Cho Kelly. I'm not sure. But uh, this is some of the video that she was live streaming on um, Facebook, and I no longer have a Facebook account, so we're looking at this off of the Gateway Pundit account. We'd rather they get the hits for it, anyways, right? Okay, so here's some of what was going on yesterday. Let me make sure I got my volume buttons all the way up. Okay, we're good. Let's grow.
2: Preparedness, oh.
0: justice, and justice and love. Honesty.
4: No. Honestly. And honesty. We want to ask for a lot of things and we know that God can give it to us. <laughs> Transparency. Transparency, good. Okay. So so let's believe. I might get a little loud, so don't let that take you
0: back. Okay? Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you believing your word. Your word is true. Father, you said. If two or more agree as to touch in, they can ask anything in the world, and it will be given, and we ask for fairness in New Hampshire. We ask, Father God, that you would give us transparency in our elections, in Jesus' name. We stop corruption in this, in this state, in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father, for integrity to come back to New Hampshire in the government.
2: Huh? And the, In Jesus'
0: name. Today's giving can Marilyn, No public
2: prayer? Take Okay. And uh,
4: what I wanted to do was just kind of give y'all a sense of what the crowd was like there outside of this event. So I'll go ahead and let that play in the background while I'm talking. Okay, so they uh, the uh, selectmen decide to have this meeting from City Hall. And this is an open and public meeting, right? Uh, so it's supposed to be open to the general public. Of course, that's the way City Hall meetings work, right? Uh Okay. Uh, anyhow, so um, as as this is going on, the selectmen decide to move it to the back room, and all these people are there, and they end up being infuriated. They are super angry. Um, so uh, only dozens of citizens are allowed in, as opposed to the h- hundreds that were going in. So this is what happens. This is what happens then. Let's go ahead and get this video up. Okay. So they go ahead, and they meet in uh, this back room, and this is kind of where it gets to a point. This is where it starts to... That, eruption begins. Now, uh, again, this these selectmen, they have already decided verified voting is going to be their one. And we're going to look at some of the meeting that happens a little after this. But this is where the, the selectmen, they literally stand up and they walk out. They walk out. And of course, that's because I think it's because they're scared. I don't know what you guys think, but check this out.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. There's a, there is a way to do that. Is there the way out? Not the listen, listen, High listen. There's a, a way to Plenty do that. for everyone. What you're doing right now is mm-hmm. not the way to what do
2: it. What he's that. doing right now is not the way to do it. This is not transparent. This process is not transparent. This is a secret oh, listen, listen, not okay. Not listen. You're not doing this, your job. You guys are not doing your jobs. Maybe the meeting does need to be closed and postponed until all the public can be a part of this. We're just going to go back and dance like a
0: tennis ball. All
2: Why can't it be every
0: Here at the urging of Bruce and I believe it was also Tom and Ken because I watched a lot of the at YouTube the urging of the
2: whole public, yeah. huh?
0: including <laughs> Marilyn Todd from Nashville, she was also on what? social media over the weekend promoting this meeting she was sending out event break so
4: guys, so that is the kind of Karen that you want on your side, trust me, okay? Definitely the kind of Karen I would want on my side and I do not author. I do not approve of Karen's quite often But anyhow, um, oh just in just a quick update y'all uh, It seems like we are still getting buffering in uh, the foxhole uh, Wc crane op uh, did make a comment uh, that uh, Foxhole is over the target. We all know what that means guys. So if you'd like to see the rest of this um, uh, Broadcast live um, you can hop over to the twitch link. I went ahead and popped that into uh, the foxhole Foxhole um, uh, chat box otherwise check out the replay on Foxhole later if you don't want you know I mean I don't it doesn't matter to me where you watch it or when you watch it I just it's important to me that the information's out there but if you'd like to see it live well you can go over to the twitch app and uh, check it out there okay so the next thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna look at uh, what happened after that now the people uh, the selectmen eventually got themselves over to the high school at the behest of that Karen that we heard so diligently uh, not allowing them him to speak so we're gonna take uh, we're gonna look a little bit of the footage that happened here uh, now this is where the crowd I mean you can see the numbers in this video of how many people showed up like again I said when we are given the good information the correct information then we will show up and we will do something about it but the most interesting thing to note about this I think was how uh, many excuses these guys came up with and just the way that um, just the way that uh, just the way that They, um they address the crowd. Like this gentleman, right? Why is you say gentleman? This guy right here, he's got a lot of disdain for the crowd. So anyhow, uh, another note coming in from the, the Twitch chat uh, saying, uh, thank you, Mr. C. Still no better though. Uh, I don't know if you're speaking in reference to uh, the Foxhole app or into the volume over here on Twitch. So if you could be specific, I'd appreciate it for the show. Thank you so much, Tracy Lee for 555. 555 <laughs> five, 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 five for giving me those updates. Okay, guys. So uh, let's go and take a look real quick at some of these clips i'm going to skip around it's over an hour long but we're only going to watch a couple of uh, maybe three short clips uh so you can guys can see what it's like when uh, the power of the people stand up there
2: then
0: we move here so with that i've <laughs> been asking Bruce about
2: his request before which was to have the motion to he had explained that. They received a lot of emails from a lot of people from all
0: over the country and that the ballot had the Secretary of State's name. on it. Ms. Bruce, that's where we left off. Do you have anything further? Yes Mr Chairman, Mr. Chairman, if you look at the ballot that we're looking at, I'll just we said this someone, one of the board members said this was a town issue. Yes, our town ballots have the signature of our town clerk. The ballot I'm talking about today has the signature of the Secretary of State and the seal of New Hampshire. It's a hamster A vote on the future last week and open it back up and we discuss it. Okay, Bruce, the issue I have is that you're not giving us any new information. Now I know you talked about the verified Jordan
2: letter of April 13th.
4: that point you see they're coming up with their excuses as to why they don't want to uh, change out from verified voting to to anybody even and they're saying it's because well you had 10 days and this information was uh existent out there so even though there's a conflict of interest right they don't care they don't care that there's a conflict of interest they just know that they're working on a timeline indeed this is a timeline that they're trying to get ahead of everything they have to get ahead um I uh, uh, Keep hope, Joe, one of two. It's only through your positive thinking that we will get through this. Cool. All right, let's go, guys. ...and the weekend was selected
0: on Wednesday, including preserving the current state of the four ballot counting devices, preserving the ballots in their exact state. It did not dictate that the office could not be held and conquered. It did not dictate that the overall ballot and enjoy verification counter ballots were seen from the Secretary of State with her. It did not retain the town's right to perform its own independent forensic analysis. It did not retain a hand tally of the state representative race. It did not retain that 100% of the ballots would be fed into all four ballot counting devices. It did not mandate that the audit would be live-streamed and recorded. It did not retain the 45-day timeline for, for handling of the audit. It did not retain that the town of Winnia would be able to name designated to observe the audit in person. Mr. Eyring has indicated that what I said at the hearing was somehow fabricating attack, an attack on his character, maliciously representing his intent, and in that I quote, shamefully distorted the language and intent of the Gardner men from clear political being This is patently false. All I did was call like I saw it. Mr. I had to read the language on Wednesday, thank us all for our reference, and then decided to do his own thing over the
2: course of the next day and a half. I'm not sure why Mr. Eyring does not want to be accountable for these actions, but to repeatedly make up a story that simply
0: didn't happen is not the appropriate way to go about it. Mr. Iron has also stated that the have criticized the, the Gardner Amendment, even though it addressed the town's needs. This is false in two ways. i never criticized the Gardner Amendment. In fact, I didn't even know what was in it uh, when, I, when I said what I said at the Election Law Committee. I hadn't seen anything right. And very few of the town bullet were actually covered by the Gardner Amendment, I found out later. it. Mr. Murray has claimed that I disrupted the process and ignored the will of the people, and that I, quotes, quote, almost caused SB 43 to become table. This, once again, is patently false. I have never spoken out against SB 43 or any of these amendments. At the hearing, I didn't even see the Gardner amendment writing in order to show me whether it was appropriate or not. I made it clear that I couldn't speak
4: here you see real clear, guys, these people have clearly forgotten their place in society. You know what I mean? Like they've clearly forgotten that they serve us. We don't serve them. They don't govern us we govern ourselves. And, and that's, that's just the kind of poison that you see coming into, um, a lot of, of what we're dealing with nowadays. Now, um, let's see here. We're going to skip a little bit ahead again to, let me see my notes where I got it here. Oh Yeah. Here's the here's the good part, guys. Here's where the people just they they decide not to pay attention anymore. Um, these guys have pretty much already made up their mind. You like this guy here was talking to the people, like you know he's just like like they have to listen to them. He said you you have to. It was our decision. We'd already made up our minds, right? Terrible guys, terrible guys. So this is what it's like when the people stand up. All right, now this is uh, this is how they responded because at this point, uh, just like what's going on over in foxhole, if we're over the hole. I mean, over the hole, if we're over the target, uh, the city of New Hampshire or the city of Wyndham decided to shut down the stream. So they shut down the stream on this uh, live city council meeting or a selectman meeting, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and and this is how, uh, this is what goes down. Okay, so uh, if
2: anybody wants to send me an email, so
0: thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. and send you a link to it. We up the, the live stream from the TV, it's not working. Our media is not working. The stream's been cut. Really? I'm sorry about that.
4: Can we take
0: that to your report
2: here? Now it's a public meeting, you have to adjourn. We can turn on the cable <laughs> <laughs> for the broadcast. They cut it. Cut the video. The second thing that incited was. Under the right to know law, <laughs> <please>. the public <laughs> meeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. And he sent me a link to the maricopa.gov website, which I we
0: assume is the legitimate uh, government website for Maricopa County. And it highlighted the elections equipment
2: audit. And this audit
0: was performed, as Ken mentioned earlier, by two very reputable firms that have done uh, machine audits in the past. They also did not find any issues. So.
4: real quick sidebar stop the steal they're not talking about that uh they're not talking about tiny prancer you know carl rove and alex jones little boy over there uh ali akbar hashtag ali alexander uh the legit stop the steal that was run by women for trump let's get that straight there i just i don't know i get really like giddy and tickled inside when i see stuff like that i mean seeing the uh maybe even a little emotional seeing these people react that way seeing them stand up for what they know is false and wrong and then you see these uh these 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 shills these turncoats these rats uh they squirm like that's like the 2nd second time in that course, uh, that, that one reptilian snake over there in the corner was, was wanting to take a recess for what? So he could figure out what to do next or, or so maybe he can call his henchmen. Like, uh, they're saying over in the chat, you know, maybe they're going to call on the police next after this. Um, but fortunately, if you watch the rest of the video, you see, that's not the case. China does not storm the building. Fortunately, yes. Uh, Skeeter Burke over there, (laughs) we are over the hole, but, uh, yeah, it's just a good example of, of what, what what a, Americans look like whenever we are given the right information and we are given accurate information so it looks like we're go on all systems again both on foxhole and all other um, um, uh, coordinates maybe we're just crashing the system who knows maybe there's just so many people going over to the foxhole that it's just the servers can't handle it that's a good thing right that's more growing pain so let's hope that's the case right okay so uh, all right so moving right along guys that's what was going on in New Hampshire we will stick around for further developments on that story as I'm sure that they will be developing. Uh, Of course, these guys were using all kinds of excuses to move forward with Mark Lindman and verified voting and not to uh, call in what the people wanted to now, just a quick note, guys. We are at the top of the hour, and uh, I still have three stories left to share with you guys. Today's pretty important episode, so I went ahead and uh, canceled work for this afternoon, so this way I can get you these stories. We will be running into overtime, guys. I hope you guys don't mind, and, and if you've got to go fox hopping or if you've got things to do, the replay will be back, so just come back and take a look at it. All right, guys, so here's the next story we're talking about. There's my man, Mr. Mayor Giuliani. Let's talk a little bit about Giuliani because oh my goodness there's been a lot of stuff that was developing over the weekend and at the end of the week last week we did not get to cover here on the sea report and I'm just like boy we've only gone through two stories and we've already you know we already spent an hour of time so anyways Let's do a quick catch-up on what's going on with Mayor Giuliani. I'm sure all of y'all are aware, and I'm sure most of y'all have already figured out what's going on. Uh, But basically, the federal authorities in New York on Wednesday went through a search, uh, basically a raid, of the former city mayor and uh, President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, in his Upper West Side apartment as part of a criminal probe into his work in Ukraine. And that was according to multiple news sources. Now, if you guys Remember about Giuliani, he was actually doing an investigation, uh, uh, and it wasn't per Trump. Uh, he was there already because they were investigating some things that were going on with Biden and Barrisma, and it just so happens that in the course of that investigation, he started to uncover a lot of dirt that was going on between Biden that and deal bribes and uh, and and more uh, such of those uh, schemes going on. Now the investigators confident. Rudy Giuliani's electronic devices as was part of a search warrant. Uh, and that was according to the New York Times. Now authorities are investigating whether Giuliani lobbied the Trump administration in 2019 illegally on behalf of Ukrainian officials and businessmen. So here they're trying to say that uh, Rudy Giuliani went to work as an attorney for foreign powers or foreign individuals which of course he does, uh, he does claim was not the case. Um, and at the same time, these Ukrainian officials allegedly helped Giuliani search for dirt on Trump. So again, the media is trying to spin that quid pro quo story, whether it was in regards to Trump or whether now it's in regards to Giuliani, uh, they, they wanna spin this story that, uh, yeah, there was a trade-off information. He was working with the Ukrainians. He was probably working with the Russians. And in fact, that's kind of what they're saying too, well, as we'll show in a minute. Now, um, that was going on. Now, at at this current moment, Alan Dershowitz is going to be representing Giuliani. And now I'm going to get on to Mr. C's soapbox. Okay. so a lot of people tend to disregard individuals like Rudy Giuliani. Uh, A lot of them have seen him as a rhino. Now, these are going to be people who were awake probably before the Trump era, um, because um, because after all, during this Trump era, that's when Giuliani really stepped up to the plate. He was also cited as being one of the greatest mayors in um, New York City history. But okay, so if we take someone like Alan Dershowitz, uh, whose name has been seen on the Epstein flight logs, whom we have a pretty good idea that he probably is tainted and, you know, he may also uh, he may also be blackmailed to some extreme. And it it causes people to wonder why uh, people like President Trump are working with individuals like Alan Dershowitz. To that, I would say we don't know. I don't stand on Alan Dershowitz's side. Based on that, even though he has done work for the Trump and Trump administration as one of their lawyers, the like during the impeachment process. Um I trust my president, you know, um, and so in regards to uh, someone like Giuliani, I think that at times uh, good-hearted patriots have a tendency to ignore some of uh, uh, some of those who they perceive as a threat or as a traitor, um, um, but that's why we always say it's important to know thy enemy, you know, and, and also it's important to have faith in the redemption of others. Of course, there are limits to faith in that redemption. Of course, if it's putting yourself in physical jeopardy. um, But otherwise, uh, it is a good thing to have faith in redemption of of other people. So in regards to Giuliani and what's going on here, um, my spidey sense says that they're just trying to find out exactly how much information Giuliani had in regards to Crane and Burisma. And through some of those, uh, some of the uh, equipment and the uh, other things that were taken up uh, by the, uh, the officials that raided his apartment, And thank goodness it wasn't like a Roger Stone raid where we got to see him in his Sunday boxers, right? But like his boxer shorts. But like um, as far as that goes, uh, we know that Giuliani had a lot of information. Like he had tons and scores of information. He had documents. He had receipts. He had everything that he needed to put these people away. Of course, those cases weren't listened to. You know, there was word that uh, they actually did uh, put out a a warrant for Biden's arrest over in in the Ukraine and other uh, other countries in Europe but one thing that I would like to share with the audience now And maybe some of y'all didn't get to see this. But back in the day, when all of this impeachment stuff first happened, some of y'all might be familiar with Rudy Giuliani's podcast, Giuliani's Common Sense. Now, when they had the purge of YouTube and Facebook and all of them, they scrubbed Giuliani's Common Sense. Fortunately for you guys, Mr. C, I got him. And uh, if you go to my personal... Um, actually I'm not gonna put the address out because I have a uh, I have a troll over a twitch I don't want to feed this information but I do have the first four episodes available on my personal YouTube um, so we're gonna play one of them now and it's probably gonna give away you know uh, give away some of the, uh, the that detail but uh, just to give you an, an idea of exactly what Giuliani was uh, actually the information that he had the first four to I mean the first like four or six episodes were crucial it's where he laid out all of the dirt on what was going on. So I just wanted to share some of this with you all so that you could see some of the information he was sharing with the public as part of a trial. He had he had guests on. He had witnesses on. He had the receipts. He had the documentation. All of that stuff was going on. So um, let's go ahead and take a few minutes to listen to some of uh, his initial podcast. This comes from episode two of Giuliani's Common Sense. And uh, it was uh, it used to be available. You might still be able to find it on on his podcasts i don't think you can find it any much on youtube no one ever went to mr c's youtube that's why they're still there and uh, no one's taken them or scrubbed them off but uh let's go ahead and give a uh, listen to former mayor giuliani uh as he goes through uh this case
3: there also is indications of other money going to biden there's a nine hundred thousand dollar wire transfer a coincidence that he got fired in february march of of uh of 2016, because on the second day of February 2016, he arrested the Burisma company. Remember, all these Biden uh, hacks say that the case was dormant. Well, right on the record, there's an arrest of Burisma on February 2nd of 2016. Hardly a dormant case. Got the files here. These are the files. They're lying. And lying and the press is just accepting it it's really really a very serious matter the way our press is so corrupt so there is clear proof that burisma was under investigation i believe it's february 2nd february 3rd the, the prosecutor's office really under the direction of constantine kuliuk who was who was Victor Shokin's uh, subordinate, basically raided uh, Burisma, closed the business down. The day has now come for Joe Biden to do his part because now the government is coming after the company. Combine that with another fact that happens in the middle of February, and that is that the prosecutor, uh, Shokin and Kuliuk, receive a notice from latvia and i'm just going to read it to you because um this pretty much definitively puts the lie to uh, these democrats who say there was no investigation this is a, a document from the prosecutor's office of the republic of latvia and it is uh, dated um, it is dated the 18th of february 2016. and it says According to publicly available information, Burisma Holding Limited and its director Hunter Biden are involved in corruption affair. The following transactions made to Burisma Holding Limited account in AS Privat Bank are known to the Latvian FIU, their financial investigation unit. And what they describe is a transfer of 14.7 $1 million dollars uh, from Ukraine wire logic technology as a payment for loans it then goes to another company digitech organization llp and uh eventually it goes from ukraine to latvia latvia to cyprus and there it's dispersed to people like alan after alexander kwasanovsky members of the Board of Burisma, and two other people, Hunter Biden and his partner, Devin Archer. The only difference is, the amounts of money that are sent to Alan Apter and Alexander Kwasniewski are listed, the amount sent to Archer and Biden is not. From the records of their company, however, you find that they received $3 million. This is an out-and-out, money-wandering case. So in addition to bribery, this is what we would call a smoking gun for a prosecutor. Right on paper, in more detail than I just described it, I mean, here's, if you'd like to take a look, this is, this is the document in English, just so you know it's an authentic document. This is the document or part of it in Ukrainian, in which the money laundering is demonstrated about four or five different ways. There's the chart of the money laundering. It all from the files of the prosecutor's office. The prosecutor that wasn't investigating Burisma and Hunter Biden, except right in the file on February 16th of 2016, they were investigating Hunter Biden. Liars. There are three telephone calls between the vice president of the United States and the president of Ukraine, Poroshenko, like February 5th, February 8th, February 16th, we'll get the exact dates for you. It doesn't appear to be any other month where there are three phone calls between them, and it's right in the middle of Burisma being raided and Hunter Biden's name coming up as one of the principles in the money laundering scheme. So it doesn't take a lot to figure out what those conversations were about. Would be nice if somebody had investigated this and gotten those conversations, wouldn't it? Like the fbi or the justice department since we have a prima facie case of bribery and got a prima facie case of money laundering but i i guess if you're a democrat they don't do things like that but there are three telephone conversation conversations and shokin says that during that period of time the president of ukraine was coming to him shokin will testify and telling him he better go easy on the company and he better go easy on hunter biden because Joe Biden has given him a lot of pressure. Telephone calls kind of corroborate that, three of them, within a week, week and a half. And then on Shulkin's end of it, we find out the other side of what Joe Biden admitted on tape, demanding that Shokin be fired. And uh, if not, you're not getting your loan guarantee. Poroshenko comes to him and says, I've got to ask you to resign because if you uh, don't, We're going to lose our loan guarantee, and we're pretty much on the brink of bankruptcy, basically because of all the stealing of the prior administration. And we'll later find out all the stealing Poroshenko was doing himself. So um, Shokin has to leave. There's no doubt that he's telling the truth. The idea that he's corrupt or whatever else he is, (laughs) all he does is corroborate what Biden says on tape—they right? could be corrupt as heck. I mean, a lot of corrupt people make very powerful, make very powerful witnesses. I mean, most of the really bad criminals I convicted, there was a, usually a corrupt person who turned or, you know, testified against them. However, this idea that he was so corrupt is also created. Uh, we have documents here showing his entire record. If he was corrupt, he really hit it. He never was arrested, never was charged with corruption. Never, in all of his years of law practice, had a complaint against him. If he was corrupt, he sure wasn't good at it because I've met him. He's not a rich man. Uh, Some of these people really have incredible wealth, billions from their stealing. It's, It's not shocking. But in any event, he's a corroborating witness to Joe Biden's confession. He says... Yeah, Barton was telling the truth. He got Poroshenko to fire me. And he got Poroshenko to fire me because I was investigating his son. I was investigating his patron, Loshevsky, And I was investigating the Burisma Company. And I had finally kind of hit pay dirt with the uh, money laundering that I showed you. This testimony is then um, then backed up by documents that I have here. I also have here something of great concern, and that is uh, in September of this year, Mr. Shokin, after after his affidavit was revealed publicly, in which he lays all of this out under oath, not like this whistleblower, and not wanting to come forward. This guy is under oath, ready to testify. After that happened, all of a sudden, uh, one night he got very sick, he went to the hospital, according to the medical report, he almost died twice, uh, he was taken from Ukraine because of fear that uh, this was a poisoning, and he went to uh, the same hospital that has saved other people that were subjected to Ukrainian and Russian poisoning. And the doctor is world famous. It's Doctor, I believe his name is Korpan, and I, um, I I remember I remember this from a prior incident in Ukraine because the name of the clinic is the Rudolph Clinic, so you kind of remember Rudolph is not that common a name, but. Uh, we will present to you in the course of the trial, and when we get to his testimony, we'll present to you all the medical records uh, from Austria, not, uh, not Ukraine. And I'd like you to look at this. Uh, it's just very simple, and we'll go into detail on it, but primary diagnosis. That, I think that says mercury poisoning. That's a translation from the German. I translated it myself using an uh, iPhone app. It says mercury poisoning. It then goes on to describe how much mercury was in the system. It's about five times more than, um, than you can possibly tolerate. Uh, they used denominations like two is the top and he was at nine. Dr. Corpan says there's no other way this could have happened but by a poisoning. You couldn't do this accidentally. So there was an attempt to kill Shilkin, uh, which gives you an idea of how serious what we're dealing with is. This is a very, very serious matter. There are other witnesses that we will discuss in our next episode.
4: In. All right, guys. So that's just a little bit of a taste of what uh, Giuliani was working on there on his uh, his uh, his personal podcast, Common Sense, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani's Common Sense. So definitely there was a lot more stuff that was going on there. Obviously, a lot of stuff that he probably couldn't say. So, you know, uh, the DOJ deciding to harass and basically that's what this is. And, and uh, you know, to use that fear factor, that chilling effect on him of getting raided. Uh, and then also uh, of course, there's the spin thing. Factor or the rap smear campaign uh, that the uh, the news media would do, where it basically makes him look like a bad guy, It makes him look like everything that he had worked on uh, was was uh, not untoward and stuff like that. And um, they're they're trying to accuse him of violating the FARA Act, which is the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or I guess FARA. That's a redundant FARA Act, anyways. Um, but basically, in case you all don't know, uh, the FARA Act, uh, the FARA or the Foreign Agents Registration Act, is the United States law that was passed in 1938 that requires that agents representing the interests of foreign powers in a political or quasi-political capacity disclose their relationships with foreign government and information about related activities and finances. And Giuliani goes on to say that he, in fact, never did represent any foreign power uh, and that that was all all false. Um, Now, of course, on the flip side of that, of course, these guys go in with the warrant and they're saying that, you know, they 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 have to apprehend all electronic uh, all electronic devices phones laptops computers hard drives etc. They decide to you know noticeably not pick up Hunter Biden's laptops. Uh, so let's take a real quick look at what was said on uh, Car- Tucker Carlson. Don't really watch the guy anymore, but he was great for lighting the fires of people until they found out he was a uh, you know a guest at Comet Ping Pong. All right, let's go ahead and listen to uh, some of this interview. Okay. Telegraphing and knowing thy enemy is always an important thing.
3: And talking over with them for two years, I don't know why they have to do this. The agents seemed somewhat apologetic, I might say. They were very, very professional and very gentlemanly. The only time they got perturbed is at the end of the search, when they had taken about, I'd say, seven or eight electronic items of mine, which is what they took, and, and two of someone else's. they weren't taking the three hard drives, which, of course, are electronic devices. They just mimic the the computer. I said, well, don't you want these? And they said, what are they? I said, those those are Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they said, no, 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 no. I said, are you sure you don't want them? I mean, the the warrant required them to take it. And they said, no. And one last time, I said, don't you think you should take it to... And they said, no. Now, Uh, Hunter Biden's hard drives fall within the scope of the subpoena. The subpoena required them to take all electronics, but they decided to leave that behind. And they also were completely content to rely on my word that these were Hunter Biden's hard drives. I mean, they could have been Donald Trump's. They could have been Vladimir Putin's. They could have been anybody's. But they relied on me, the man who had to be raided in the morning, uh, because I well, I'm going to destroy the evidence, I've known about this for two years, uh, Tucker. I could have destroyed the evidence years a year. I didn't destroy the evidence because yeah, the evidence is exculpatory. It proves that the president and I and all of us are innocent. They're the ones who are committing. It's like it's like projection. They're committing the crimes. Yeah, well, well may, may I just interject to say it? I
1: think literally projection. So from what we have read in the press. The Department of Justice wants to know whether you violated FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, in representing foreign nationals, Ukrainians, for pay. You didn't register. They're saying that may have been a crime. We know for a fact that Hunter Biden did that. He didn't register under FARA. He represented Ukrainians. He probably made a lot more than you did. He also represented Chinese nationals,
4: lobbying his dad.
1: And he has not been charged with a FARA violation. Am I missing something here? <laughs>
4: All right. That commercial is a good cutting point on that video. So as you can see, that's some of what's going on there in the Giuliani field. Now we'll go. We will also be following this story closely, of course, uh, just to see what happens. And it just goes to show how once these uh, these uh, black hats get back into power, it's just all games off and they start casting these chilling effects and they start persecuting uh, people who are their political enemies. We never saw President Trump or his administration do things like that. We know what happened to Flynn. We it happened to, to Roger Stone, and now it is also happening to Rudy Giuliani. Um, but again, you know, my prayers continue to be with him to stand up and to be strong as he has been throughout the past uh four to five years. Now, even the Washington Compost had, um, had basically uh put out a story that was smearing at Giuliani and was basically complicit in these lies that falsely claimed that it was connected to Russia. Uh, of course, since that uh, all of this news has come out, especially uh. You know, Rudy's discovery that the Biden family was paid $900,000 in lobbying fees for uh, their work with the Burisma Gas Company, as well as Hunter Biden getting paid $50,000 a month uh, to be on the board of a council that he doesn't even speak their language, nor does he have any energy experience. Uh, And also the dirt that came up on Ukraine as they were talking about Poroshenko and uh, how he had been poisoned. Um, There was just a lot of stuff that came up. So eventually the Washington Compost did have to retract that story. But it just goes to show how they will continue to smear their names and just try and get away with it. until it comes out that they no longer have the ability to do so. So, we'll see how this story develops and what moves forward. Um as as per what was on those laptops, uh the Hunter Biden with the laptop from hell or whatever. I mean, there are people out there who have actually reconstructed that laptop. Um, and there's a lot more inf- interesting information on there other than just kitty porn, incest porn, and, you know, uh, the daily dealings of a crack addict. You know, uh, there are also photographs and also timelines that you can follow uh, that show uh, Hunter Biden uh, taking flights on Air Force One or two. Uh, I think, I guess it was two back when his dad was the vice president uh, to several countries, you know, in, in the. Europe and also in nations that we're supposedly opposed to. But I guess we'll have to wait to see what that is all about. And if that comes out... Um, I guess, you know, we'll find out eventually, but that is some information that has also been discovered, uh, in lieu of just, you know, uh, the, the crack pipe, crack pipe, incest kitty porn that is, uh, on these laptops. Um, um, I haven't seen them, uh, so I would say allegedly, but I don't doubt that they exist. After all, hello, they had these pictures up everywhere throughout the entire, uh, election season, uh, for illegitimate Joe. All right, guys, let's move on to our next story. It's going to take us over to the stage. State of Michigan uh, and Michigan uh, okay we know lots going on over in Michigan what they've got the highest COVID numbers increase who knows what's going on over there you know maybe they they uh, maybe they um, uh, experiment on Michiganers like they do the Canadians right uh, up in the they're pretty far up north anyways but um, uh, it seems that in Michigan um, Governor Governor Whitmer and I need to come up with a clever nickname for her because uh, let's see I got I got uh, a nipple rings police. Uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo. (laughs) That's what I call him. I got Hoods Pelosi. Um, um, I'm I'm thinking like maybe Whitmer the Witch. I don't know if that's too friendly or not. But anyways, Whitmer, she is basically holding the state of Michigan hostage. She's saying that you cannot go out and, uh, uh, you know, uh, meet with friends. You cannot go out and and have your businesses open. You can't even have a 4th of July picnic. Um, um, Unless... X amount of percentage of Michiganers get the vaccine. So basically, she's saying until a certain amount of people get vaccinated, Michigan stays in indefinite lockdown. Now, this comes from the office of Governor Gretchen the Witch Whitmer. Um, where they're getting these guidelines out for COVID. It says the first milestone in the Michigan VAC to normal plan. Ooh, how clever Whitmer VAC to normal plan is set for 55% of Michiganders to have received their first dose of the vaccine plus the 14 day uh, mandatory quarantine. This would allow in-person work for businesses across all sectors. Can you imagine that? They have to wait for half of their state to get that first dose before they can go back to in-person work. That's terrible. Um, Next step is if 60% of Michiganers receive their first dose of the vaccine plus 14 days, indoor capacity at sports stadiums, conference centers, banquet halls, and funeral homes will increase to 25%. That is inhumane, guys. Like I remember when it was like that at the start of this, And, you know, I mean, we had a funeral to arrange and we postponed that funeral from March until November in respect for our loved one. And that's just inhumane. Can you imagine? But this woman is lying about uh, uh, Michiganers going on on spring break. And, and telling them to stay home. And then she's out there in Florida, supposedly gallivanting around with her dad. I mean, who knows who it was, who knows who, which father it was, right? Anyways, okay, I don't want to get too crass here. I'm going to get heated. Um, and capacity exercising for facilities and gyms will increase to 50%. I could not imagine living in Michigan and, and not doing something about this or saying something about this. Uh, to, it's your governor, guys, like y'all got to stand up. Um, restaurants and bars will also have their curfews lifted. So apparently, Apparently they still have curfews over there in Michigan. This almost sounds as bad as the country of Canada and we all know what they're doing to the Canadians up there. I don't know how they're doing it. I know I have family up there as well and I just, I feel for them every day. Um, uh, the uh, the back, the vac back to normal plan goes on. If the 65% figure is reached plus the 14 days, all indoor capacity limits will be lifted and only social distancing will be required. Restrictions on social gatherings at residents would also be further relaxed. So they won't remove, you know, uh, social gatherings at residences, but it will be relaxed. And uh, uh, guess what? You can go out now, but you'll still have to social distance. So stay at least the standard satanic six feet away from your neighbors, right? Uh, the plan goes on if 70% of Michiganders have received their dose of the vaccine. That is 5,667,842 residents, plus their 14 days. Restrictions will get uh, on gatherings and face masks would be lifted. So even before this, you still have to have your face mask. And this is up to 70%. Okay, Whitmer, have you figured out yet that when you lift these regulations, your population gets healthy? And I think that that study that has, you know, henceforth been sequestered and hidden away from the general public about the efficacy of face masks, which is there's almost none, um, goes to show you're keeping your people sick, Whitmer, you witch. You're keeping your people sick. All right, Uh, the Michigan, okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, Did I finish that up? Um, It says that, uh, oh, uh, to finish up that 70% plus 14 days, the 5 million people in Michigan, right? Uh, Such that the Michigan Health Department will no longer employ broad mitigation measures unless unanticipated circumstances arrive, such as the spread of a vaccine-resistant variant. I'm sure that the office of Whitmer had to throw that in there because there's always that chance that you're gonna have that vaccine Vaccine or gene therapy resistant. Oh, wait, it'll be a vaccine resistant variant caused by the gene therapy sessions that the government through Moderna and Pfizer gave to the citizens. Right. And the reason why it's going to be vaccine resistant is because you cause their bodies to create it. All right. So in regard to this, uh, there is a a Michigan grassroots group called Unlock Michigan that is suing the Michigan Bureau of Elections after the state agency refused to accept their petition to repeal Gretchen Whitmer's emergency lockdown. Um, Unlock Michigan launched their campaign as the hypocrite Democrat governor Continues to ruin small businesses and the lives of Michiganers across the state by her draconian, overreaching lockdown policies. So let's talk a little bit about Unlock. Let's talk a little bit about Unlock Michigan. Um, now, this story comes from the Detroit Free Press, a group that sponsored a petition drive to repeal a state emergency law, asked the Michigan Supreme Court Friday to order a state elections panel to certify its efforts. Unlock Michigan went to court after the board of state canvassers deadlocked two to two along partisan lines on certifying its petition to repeal the emergency powers of governor, uh, emergency powers of governor act of 1945. Okay. So in October Following lawsuits by the legislature and the Mack- Mackinac Center for Public Policy, the Supreme Court in a 4-3 ruling struck down the 1945 law as unconstitutional ceding of legislative authority to the executive branch of government. The which Whitmer has since relied on the public health code to continue to state... mask requirements and other coronavirus uh, restrictions. So clearly they're using a law on the books against Whitmer, but now she's using the public health code. Uh, Last I checked, public health officials were not elected officials. Wake up, Michigan. Okay, as long as the 1945 law remains on the books, though, there's always a possibility that the Supreme Court ruling could be reversed. The November election tilted the court's four to three majority to Democrat nominated justices, Republican nominated justice held a 4-3 to edge at the time of the ruling. So again, if you remember that Montana story that we talked about where the Supreme Court in Montana is getting turned on its head, maybe we'll see something like this happen. And we're going to see all of these little baby Supreme Court cases happen until the big show busts out that final bucket of popcorn, right? Because we're going to have a big show when Scotus Gate comes around. Okay, so now... <clears throat> The story continued, the Bureau of Election staff recommended the board certify the petition. So they went ahead and they, they went through for this petition based on a sample of signatures that it analyzed. The staff was able to determine that Unlock Michigan had submitted in excess of just over 340,000 valid signatures required back in October. The staff estimated that the total amount of signatures was just over 460,000 signatures. So that's quite impressive for that work. So I wanted to show a quick vid on Unlock Michigan. Um, this is It's actually pretty touching, and I wanted y'all to see it, uh, so y'all could see what these people are going through and the efforts that these people are putting up to stop this uh, from happening. So real quick, we'll watch this video from Unlock Michigan. I wanted to get help. And of course, they're going to play a commercial during Unlock Michigan. So let's go ahead and get, you know what? All I can say is at least it wasn't that commercial where that guy's like, do you know how many people have X amount of toxic poop in their stomach? I was like, really, guy? (laughs) Like, why are you showing me this commercial? Okay. All right. Let's get to this Unlock Michigan one.
1: My name is Carl Mankey. And this is what they call the scene of the crime, the crime of cutting people's hair without the permission of the governor. For the first time in Michigan's history, we needed a governor's permission to work, serve our customers, and support our family with an honest living. Governor Whitmer continues to give us rules of what we can do or not do with no end in sight, even though the legislature had said that the state of emergency had ended. Gretchen Whitmer's endless shutdown was too much for too long, It needs to end for good. This governor abused her power and another one will too. So it's time to put some checks and balances back in place and unlock Michigan's future. Each one of us have the key to unlocking Michigan by signing and circulating the Unlock Michigan petition to repeal these unlimited emergency powers. You can help take power back once and for all and ensure it's used for we the people. But we have to play by their rules, and boy are their rules. Watch this video carefully to learn how to sign and circulate these petitions so that every signature counts. Make no mistake, literally, they'll fight back to preserve their power. So we have to dot our I's and cross our T's. And when we do, the days of Gretchen Whitmer's rule, my decree will end for good. Thanks for all you're about to do. We're all in this together, but it's our state, not the governor's, and we're taking charge with our pens.
5: To make every signature count, petitions must be filled out by the state's rules, and they'll be sticklers. Rule number one, never photocopy blank petitions and circulate them. Only petitions printed by the campaign are valid keep the petitions clean if stray marks or even spilled coffee obscure any petition wording the whole sheet could be disqualified never leave petitions unattended in a location for people to sign circulators must witness every signature use blue or black pen only not pencil marker or sharpie if someone makes a mistake while signing draw a line through the center of the whole line and start a fresh line. To begin, you'll fill in the county for this sheet signers. Only one county per sheet. If someone is registered to vote in another county, start a separate page. A signature on the wrong county sheet is invalid. Guide the first person signing a sheet to fill in all the boxes correctly. Voters follow the pattern of the signature above theirs. If one line has an error, it's often repeated Voters sign their name in the first column. If a voter has a visual or physical impairment, you may, at the direction of the voter, fill out everything on the line except the signature in the first column. Each voter must affix their own signature, even if it's a squiggle. Then voters print their name carefully in column 2. Don't panic if someone prints their name first and signs in the second column. Their signature can be counted if the printed name is legible but make sure the next person gets it right. Next, they neatly write in their street address. This is the street address, or rural route, where they are registered to vote. No P.O. boxes. They're invalid. If someone writes a P.O. box, draw a line through the whole signature line, and start over. Many times, a husband or wife will sign right after the other. Don't let them use ditto marks in the address. They're invalid. Next is the postal city that goes with their zip code. Lastly, they write the date they sign the petition. The year can be 2020 or just 20. Be sure to get this pattern started correctly with the first signer. And be careful that voters aren't writing their date of birth, which disqualifies the signature. After everyone has signed who wants to, you as the circulator have one more job to do. At the bottom, you must sign the certificate of circulator saying that you personally witnessed each of these signatures. It's just like signing your name above. And yes, you have to sign as the circulator even if you're the only person who signed a petition. Make sure you sign and date this certificate after all the signatures have been added. Any signature with a date after the circulator date will be invalidated. When you're done, just fold the petition back up, tape it closed in a couple of places, and drop it in the mail.
1: It's a big job. We can't do it without you. You, us and 500,000 of our closest friends are the key to unlocking Michigan. Let us never allow a governor to have the power to decide alone to lock us down again without being accountable. Good luck and God bless our country that was founded on power by and for we, the people.
4: alright that's a great video there by great Patriots I'm sure so that's uh that's what they have going on over in Michigan now of course uh, Democrat board members to all of this they believe that there's shady business going on with these petitions and the circulators because of course the Democrats never do anything sketchy right they always follow the letter of the line and the law uh, n- nothing to see here with the Democrats but if anyone else is doing it of course they're always suspect they're even saying that dark money has been used. I wonder what they might mean by dark money. Do you think that perhaps they believe that uh, someone is paying people to sign these petitions, uh, kind of like paying people to show up at peaceful rallies that end up in car bombs and fires, and paying people to show up to uh, to go to Biden uh, rallies and stuff like that. Um, it's terrible. But hey, I, I had a great, great suggestion from one of our listeners. Thank you, Miss Disco Ball over there. Wretched uh, Gretchen Whitmer. I think that one's gonna stick. So we got Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Whenever we talk about Wretched Gretchen, that's who we'll be talking about. So you can definitely expect to hear that. Now, as far as this petition goes, if it ends up getting certified, guys, if it ends up getting certified and this is going to be approved by a Republican controlled legislature up there in Michigan, the law of Gretchen, Wretched Gretchen will be repealed. Without going on to ballot and without Whitmer having an opportunity to even veto the measure. So, if you have any friends in uh, Michigan or family or anyone up there, or if you have any way of supporting, I'd say, hey, spread the word and let them know that they need to get this uh, attention on this and it needs to get signed so that Wretched Gretchen will be put out of business once and for all. We'll follow this story as always on the C Report uh, and we want to see Wretched Gretchen get out of office. Now, the next story I was going to—it's Wretched Gretchen. The next story I was going to share with you guys was about a story—a story a, a out story of the state of Oregon. I'm not going to spend too much time with it. Um, it was just this man. He is a um, former—he's a former uh, former House Speaker Democrat, David Hunt. Uh, was cited in a sex trafficking sting. Not much to say here Then uh, he was cited in the sting according to the police uh, The police reports. Um, uh, there's no confirmation on that. And of course, he is pleading not guilty, uh, but his name did come up in that. And, and interestingly enough, this man was actually on committees against human trafficking, but yet uh, he's been cited on that. So we can follow up with the story, but I didn't want to spend too much time with it because now we're getting to the last story for tonight. And that is all about... What's going on in Iran okay, so we talked about Iran I think uh midweek last week uh, in regards to this information that has come out uh, that shows that uh, uh former Secretary of State John Kerry you know old lurch himself uh father reptilian um, that he was actually um involved in very, very quite possible, actually, very quite damn near possible violations of the Logan Act, that which they tried to put on Trump and that which they tried to put on General Flynn, you know, back in the day, back in the glory days of the Trump administration, optically speaking, in the open. Uh, but now we have some new information coming out in regards to um, John Kerry's involvement. Oh, yeah, you want to keep a quiet lid on that one, right, Mr. Kerry? Okay, you know, it's interestingly enough, we We knew Iran would play a pretty big role at the end of all things. And of course, they're saving Israel for last. But uh, let's see what was going on here. So um, a quick catch up for those of you who may not be aware, because we don't get to cover world politics here too much. Although I'm thinking more about doing that. I think we should cover more about Canada. There seems to be a lot of things going on about Canada, but not enough about people. Anyways, okay. so getting back to this whole story, we have the former National uh, Security Council chief of staff by the name of Keith Kellogg who basically confirmed that Kerry did in fact meet with Foreign Minister Mohammed Havid Zarif, basically all the time, you know, and this was as Secretary of State and even as current envoy for climate under the Biden administration. And I'd have no doubt everywhere in between the entire time that Trump was um, in office, optically speaking, uh, because, you know, he's not in office, optically speaking now, but he's still kind of in office because he is the president. Um, We have this whole situation going on where basically John Kerry was running interference and, you know, giving information to the Iranian, uh, the Iranian, um, the Iranian uh, leaders over there against our uh, our ally uh, Israel, as is as always been claimed to be the case. Now, uh, the former Secretary of State, as the current envoy, was meeting with Mohammed and telling him how Israel was targeting Iranian forces in Syria. Now, in an interview that um, the former National Security Council chief. Uh, Uh, Keith Kellogg had on John Solomon's podcast, John Solomon's uh, John Solomon reports. uh, He went on to verify this. So some of the uh, some of the uh, wording from that was um, Kellogg said, yeah, he did it all the time, citing the fact that John Kerry went over there and the fact that John Kerry talked to Zarif to send a very, very strong counter message to what they were trying to do over there in Syria um, uh, the, uh, the interview went on to state that Kellogg dismissed the defenses that Kerry only shared information that was already public. So Kerry saying anything that I shared was already public. Well, Kellogg said, well, you don't, even if it's public record, you never acknowledged classified operations. You don't, the, the press may get it, but you don't acknowledge it. And now this is public record. You put it out there. That's, uh, that, that's what the Israelis were doing against the Iranians. That was all classified information. He would give it out to them and pass it on to them. And we read the cables and we understand what's going on. Uh, Kellogg explained how Kerry's unauthorized talks with Iran undercut Trump's diplomatic efforts. Again, this is vi- this is clear violation of Logan Act, correct? We talked about it uh, in the Oval Office several times, Kellogg recalled. It was not helpful what he was doing because he was basically countering every message we were putting out there and trying to push them into some type of negotiations. Kellogg went on to say, I was in there many times when the president would reach out to people like, like Macron of France, and he would reach out to Boris Johnson, fake old Boris in the United Kingdom, and he would try to get them to be an intermediary to talk to the Iranians to get us into some type of discussions. And we always had a pushback because we had people like Kerry out there Talking to Zarif and others kind of reminds me of how what they are saying Obama was trying to be a, a an Uber shadow agent, you know, following Trump around and undoing all of his all of his um, meetings with uh, foreign heads of state. We had Kerry doing that as well. Seems to me that I remember a time when even uh, uh, old John McCain himself, you know, who was meeting with the Taliban and meeting with ISIS. When he wasn't even, you know, any type of elected official other than like a congressional representative, what the heck was he doing over there? We all know, especially in the foxhole, how things ended for John McCain, right? Okay, so we'll see what happens here in this regard. Um, Michael Flynn, of course, was accused of, of violating the Logan Act, which now it is clear that John Kerry is violating and we'll see where this ends up in Kerry's, uh, in Kerry's end. But that also recalls to mind, like we were covering in our uh, that one report about John Kerry and this whole Iran uh, conundrum um, that now, uh, and don't forget, Biden did sign an executive order that released like billion dollars over there in Iran for them to do whatever they want with assets that had been frozen by the Trump administration. Now we have Iran saying that Biden has paid billions for a prisoner exchange. So just like in the footsteps of, you know, um, the president he served under when Biden was vice president, we see that they're giving out money to Iran again. Now, what is up with that? What is up with this love affair that the O'Biden administration seems to have with Iran? It, it very much does um, hearken back to what was going on um, with Iran in 2016 with Obama. Now, back then, Obama denied that he had sent money to this terrorist nation. Um, but again, that was a clear lie. And of course, they said it was because we owed like what uh, $4 billion in, in, uh, in uh, an unpaid um, uh, interest. Against uh, some money that we owed them from the 70s, he sent billions of dollars to this terrorist nation, um, and he lied about it. Uh, he had said <clears throat> he had said that uh, they had to send them pallets of uh, pallets of cash. Uh, there's a photo of the pallets of cash that had been sent over to. Um, to Iran. Now, he had said that because they were unable to wire the money to them. So they sent what? They sent uh, 400 million or uh, 500 million, we reported, and then they later on wired $1.2 billion. Now, uh, the conservative treehouse reported, and this was back in 2015, yeah, 2016. Um, uh, had reported in regards to this lie that Obama told that we couldn't wire the money, right? It said on August 4th, President Obama held a press conference to discuss the controversy and denied that it was a ransom payment, uh, specifically to answer the question of why cash. This is what Obama had to say. He said, the only bit of news that is relevant on this is the fact that we paid cash, which brings me to my last point. The reason that we have had to give them cash is precisely because we are so strict in maintaining sanctions and we do not have a banking relationship with Iran that we could send them a check or that we could wire the money with. And it is not clear to me why it is that cash, as opposed to a check or a wire transfer, has made it into the news story. Okay, so this was a lie because two days after on January 19, 2016, the United States Treasury wired Iran 13 individual payments for 99 million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents each, with an independent MICR total of one billion two hundred ninety-nine dollars nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and eighty-seven cents. Uh, Maybe someday I'll get used to reading checks that big. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so that was, uh, that's not my intention. Anyways, okay, so anyways, back to this. So that was a clear lie, and that was broken open by the conservative treehouse back in 2016. So, you know, that leads me to my question, why are they sending those pallets of cash? Now, my, my Spidey Sense says, of course, so that they can disperse those funds uh, back to other terrorist organization where they won't have a paper trail because they're using cash money, honey. Or who knows, so they can send it back into the coffers of like, uh, you know, like perhaps uh, some legislators who are paid off by Iran or perhaps the Iranian lobby. Well, you know, that could just so happen To be the case. Um, Now, just to clarify, um, over the weekend, Iran claimed that Biden and the United Kingdom sent them billions of dollars uh, for uh, to Iran for prisoners. And again, the administration is denying it. Of course, per the AP. There's an emphasis on denial. The United States and Iran are in active talks over the release of prisoners. A person familiar with the discussion said Sunday as Washington denied a report by Iranian state-run television that deals had been struck. So, Iranian state television and the New York Times break that John Kerry has broken the uh, the Logan Act. And then we have Iranian state run television saying that, uh, you know, Biden sent them over a whole bunch of money. And of course, uh, the White House is denying everything. But let's get back to where that money is going. There was an article in Front Page magazine back in August of 2015 that talked about certain senators who were traitors because they actually took money from the Iran lobby and they also uh, backed Iran nukes and the Iran nuclear deal. So let's, let's list some of these senators from this article. Senator Markey, um, he had announced his support for the Iran deal that allowed terrorist regime to inspect its own Parchin nuclear weapon research site. Now, if you remember, part of that deal was that uh, basically they'd be performing their own, um, they'd be performing their own audits of their own inspection sites. And of course, that was only for inspection sites that had been uh, um, public or listed. So if there were any that were off the books they wouldn't have to worry about it right so this senator markey back in 2015 he was supportive of that now markey topped the list of the candidates who were supported by the iran lobby and the iranian american political action committee had maxed out its contributions to his campaign um let's see there were others uh al franken was another um uh, Iranian-American Political Action Committee-backed um, politician who also benefited from the Iran lobby money, and he came out for the nuke sellout. Senator uh, Jean Shaheen, the Iran lobby's third Democrat senator, didn't bother playing coy like her colleagues. She came out for the deal a while back, even though she only got half the of the IPAC cash that Franken and Markey received. That must be, you know, one of those sexist things that goes over in Iran, right? Senator Gillibrand, who had benefited from IPAC money um, back when she first ran for senator and whose position on the deal should have come to no surprise, also received money. The Iran lobby had even tried but failed to turn Arizona Republican Jeff Flake back at the time. Um, so that's just a part of it. Now, Gillibrand had also picked up money from the Iran lobby's Hassan Namazi. Now, Namazi was Hillary's national, Hillary Clinton's national campaign finance director who had raised a fortune for both her and and Kerry before pleading guilty to a fraud scheme and encompassing hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh Nemazi had been an IPAC trustee and had helped set up the organization. Now, Bill Clinton had nominated Hassan Namazi as the United States ambassador to Argentina when he had only been a citizen for two years. Um, okay, and now a spoil sports Senate didn't allow Clinton to make a member of the Iran lobby into a U.S. ambassador, but Namazi did remain as a steady presence on the Democrat fundraising circuit. Namazi had donated to Gillibrand and had also kicked in money to help the Franken Recount Fund scour all the cemeteries for freshly dead votes, as well as the Barbara Box as to Barbara Boxer who also came out for the Iran nuclear deal. Um, Boxer had also received money more directly from IPAC in the House, the Democrat recipients of IPAC money came out for the deal. Mike Honda, one of the biggest beneficiaries of the Iran lobby, backed the nuke sellout, as did Andre Carson, Jerry Connolly, Donna Edwards, and Jackie Spire. The Iran lobby was certainly getting its money worth. So there you go to see, we do have money going into the Senate and into the House to back up uh, the Iranians, this um, this um, 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 worldwide terrorist uh Backing regime, um, and and that just goes to show, you know, we have President uh, Select Biden giving out uh, funds to them, releasing billions of dollars to them, and then now now them in the United Kingdom are sending money to them in the billions, uh, as we saw. Basically, Obama do the exact same thing whenever he was uh, on his way out of office. So um, uh, that leaves a lot of doors open for inspection. And hopefully that leaves a lot of curious patriots out there about what's going on between this administration and Iran. Again, this is something that I think is being forced into the light and we're not going to stay quiet about it, Mr. John Kerry. Um, and uh, I think we're probably going to see a lot more in this regard moving forward and into the future. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will be a wrap for the C Report for Tuesday, May 4th. I apologize that it ran long. I, I, guess, uh, I guess I do get a little long-winded sometimes. But I enjoyed my time, and I hope you guys did as well. I hope you all guys had a fun time over in foxhole. And I'm glad to see that it's up and running again. I hope uh, I'll probably be in the foxhole a little later on today, fox hopping around and checking out some of you guys. But in the meantime, uh, make... Oh, wait. I forgot today's Tuesday. Hello. We'll be back at 9 p.m. Central, uh, Eastern time. Sorry guys. Oof, I just said a lot. Well, hopefully the other two can carry the show tonight. We'll be back at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight for Q and a holes live Tuesday show. Make sure you join us. We should have a special guest. I don't know if her tugboat or her p- paddle boat got her across the ocean just yet, but she might be joining us. Uh, you guys might know who I'm talking about since I'm talking about, you know, um, basically, uh, human-powered boats getting uh, someone from Europe over to America. Anyways, you'll have to tune in to find out more about it. All right, we'll see you all tonight at 9 p.m. Central, and then the Sea Report will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern tonight, guys. Sorry, time clock. Brain's falling apart right now. Got to go have some dinner. We'll talk to you all later. We'll see you all tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good evening, everybody.